Welcome to Unyoung Heroes, a podcast about celebrating aging and dementia, where we dive into topics that are interesting, relevant, randomly uncomfortable, and sometimes funny. We are your hosts, Kelly Moran and Megan Kent. As people grow older, one of the things that may concern them is that they'll be diagnosed with dementia. No one wants to learn that they may need additional help to complete daily tasks or to get support remembering very basic things. But what is the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's disease? Is one more severe than the other? And what do you do if someone you know is diagnosed with dementia or Alzheimer's disease? On today's podcast, we will discuss what is dementia and the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's disease. Hey, Megan, how you doing today? I'm doing swell, Kel. How are you? Oh, swell, Kel. I love that. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, I am so excited today. Are you ready to talk about dementia and the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's? Yes, let's do it. All right. I was prepping for this podcast, and one of the things that popped up into my mind was, I, I can't even tell you how many times this has uh, been a question asked of me, is, you know, what's the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's disease? And I've had family members come up to me and say, hey, my mom was diagnosed with dementia, not Alzheimer's, so she really isn't that bad. And inside, I'm like, oh, let's talk about this. For so sure. I think today, just concentrating on that topic will help a lot of people understand the difference, but also kind of prepare what their next steps might be. So Megan, why don't you tell me what exactly is dementia? Kel, I can't tell you how many times we have come across this statement of, you know, my mom has dementia, not Alzheimer's. It's not that bad. And, you know, I'm really excited to help end any confusion that family members may have on this topic. Dementia is when your brain nerve cells begin to break down. And this breakdown becomes so severe that it affects our activities of daily living. So, waking up and getting your clothes on, making your bed, making food for yourself, uh, taking out the trash, the things that you and I wouldn't have to think about on our day-to-day, it becomes really challenging for somebody who is uh, who has a dementia diagnosis. And while dementia isn't exactly a diagnosis, it is an umbrella term for somebody, uh, for something that describes the collection of symptoms that somebody may be experiencing. So an umbrella term, right? Mm-hmm. Um, What that makes me think of is, just to illustrate it for people, is we all know what cancer is. Cancer is an umbrella term. And underneath that umbrella of cancer are all these different types of cancer. And each one might have a different approach or a different set of treatments or, you know, a different way to diagnose it. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yes, exactly what I'm talking about. There's so many types of dementia. There's actually irreversible and reversible types of dementia. And not a lot of people know that. Wait a minute. You mean there's certain dementias that we can get better from? Absolutely. Yeah, there are, you know, uh, irreversible or reversible types of dementia that are from medication reactions, infections. You know, we typically hear about a urinary tract infection, a UTI. I've seen that. Mm -hmm. Definitely seen that on a full moon. (laughs) We have, uh, you know, there's depression, uh, dehydration, not having enough uh, fluids, alcohol and drug abuse. All those are types of reversible dementias. So I do know about depression. Like if depression goes untreated for an extended period of time, it could turn into an irreversible. But if you get treatment early and, and we treat 
the symptoms and what's actually going on in the body, we can reverse that brain fog or that memory loss, right? Exactly. So uh, alcohol. Mm. Let's talk about that because mm-hmm. I think a lot of our listeners know about this. This <laughs> no. is what I do know, <laughs> I, unfortunately, right? That So alcohol would be a reversible form. It's kind of like, well, you know, maybe your favorite team won the Super Bowl. You go out, you have a few drinks, you celebrate, and you go home and you just kind of roll into bed. And you have a little <laughs> bit of alcohol fog, right? So that next morning you wake up and you're like, gosh, did I really say that? Is that what you're talking about? That's a reversible form? Exactly what Ah! I'm talking about. But once again, like if if it goes untreated, if you are continuing your use with alcohol or drug abuse, um, it could become a irreversible type of dementia. So if those are irreversible, and you said a urinary tract infection or UTI is what a lot of people know that by is. Mm That, that I have seen, right? Working in senior living, yes. working with seniors for over 30 years, I've experienced that, that it is amazing the changes that you will see. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to encourage people, if there is like a sudden change in personality or a sudden decline in you know, memory skills, Mm -hmm. that's something to get checked out. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because more than likely, it's probably a UTI. When you're a child, you know, you experiencing that burning sensation when you're trying to urinate. But when you're an adult, it's, you know, you have the fever, you have the burning sensation, and then it's starting to, that infection is starting to infect uh, your bloodstream. And that is what causes that cognitive decline. That's super evident for everybody else around. And, you know, I think there's some other factors too. Like it is difficult if you are nonverbal, if you have mm, yes. advanced dementia and you're Absolutely. nonverbal, you can't say, hey, this hurts. Mm-hmm. You, so increase pain increases confusion, even with people who don't have a dementia. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's ongoing. And it's ongoing and you have a fever and you don't feel good and you have unmet needs. I mean, there's just so many things yeah. and UTIs are often the culprit. Yes. (laughs) Yes, they are. So on top of having some reversible dementias that we had just talked about, there are types of irreversible dementia like frontal temporal, uh, Lewy body, vascular dementia. And then the most common that we hear about is Alzheimer's disease. I was uh, doing a little research and pulling up some statistics I wanted to share with our listeners. Perfect. So did you know that 60 to 80% of cases of dementia account for for Alzheimer's disease? That is a ton. Yeah, it's the most common form of dementia. And I was, I, I kind of thought that might be true, but it was interesting to see the numbers for it. Mm-hmm. And then there's six and a half million Americans who are age 65 or older are living with Alzheimer's or dementia. And that was a statistic for 2022. So it's pretty recent. Oh, yeah, that's that's a lot. That's and, a lot. Yeah, and then 73% of them are 75 or older. Mm. So think about our seniors and how this is really affecting them. And it's, you know, it is something to to be concerned with, mm-hmm. but not to let it interrupt your daily life, not yeah. to let it interrupt your ability to thrive and engage, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But definitely to, to be with um, good contact with your physician, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, I remember growing up, my grandma had what they called senile dementia. Ugh. It used to be senile dementia or organic brain syndrome. That was the other that people would hear. And there really was no way to diagnose it at that time. 
And we're talking back in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, early 80s, late 70s. Um, so it was really difficult for families because there was no hope. There was no organization out there that was going to help you. And then you fast forward and we started seeing symptoms in my mom and my sisters. I'm one of uh, four girls. So my three older sisters, we were were kind of watching it, watching the personality change and watching some declines. Uh, I had gone over to visit she and my dad at their home and I asked if I could get a glass of water and I opened up a cupboard and there were like 50 post-it notes with things that were reminding her what to do, like brush your teeth, turn off the stove, mm-hmm. you know, um, take your medicine. And then I opened the next cupboard and there were 50 more. Because of that decrease of planning, uh, uh, the ability to plan and organize starts to kind of go away, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, that was a real eye opener. And so, um, we, you know, we had a chat, mom and I, and, um, of course my sisters and I all get together and this is my field, right? So I get to talk to her about it. Um, so I did and, and she was sad. She was sad. I, but it wasn't a surprise. She knew mm-hmm. and, and she did, she got the testing and there was so, it was so much a, a better experience because there was at least medication out there that could, she could get on and skill sets that all of us could adapt and develop to support her. Mm-hmm. But it's still a long journey and still painful. So um, I don't know. I just, I think that I'm not alone. And there are a lot of people out there who experience something similar. There are a ton of people. You know, we don't just work with this. You and I work with this in our own professional lives. You said it yourself. You, You work with it in your own personal lives too. And I always appreciate you you know, telling those personal stories because it really hits home for myself because I haven't gone through it personally. And it really helps me develop a level of empathy for the people that we serve on a day-to-day in our senior living communities, but also just running into a neighbor who may have it, a friend, a family member. Dementia isn't going anywhere and Kelly and I aren't either. We're here to help guide, support, and educate you throughout this whole journey. So so let's backtrack a little bit. I wanted to talk about a couple different types of dementia a little bit more in depth. And the one that jumped out at me was frontal temporal dementia mm-hmm. because Bruce Willis just, just got ca- diagnosed. Yeah, just got diagnosed with that. And, and that's going to help his family, it, right? It's going to help them know the characteristics of that type of dementia and maybe how to support him in his journey. Mm-hmm. And I, I really hope his family is getting support in their journey. Yeah. Right. Cause often, you know, people get diagnosed with when they see their primary care physician, they just get diagnosed with dementia and then no one knows what kind of dementia it's not it, or they'll say an unspecified type of dementia right and they're not, not aggressive yeah they're not yes exactly not aggressive dementia they're not deep diving into it so that way we know what approach to use what are some of the characteristics that are going to be um happening mm-hmm. in the future or a near future and how can i best support my loved one that's on this journey with this type of dementia so Louis body. That's what Robin Williams was diagnosed with, isn't it? It was. Yes. Yeah. 
that's an aggressive form of dementia. I have found, in my experience, mm-hmm. in my experience, where it kind of mimics Parkinsonian type um, side effects or tremors mm-hmm. and uh, can be misdiagnosed in the beginning. And, yes. And I know we are really going to dive deeper into all of the different types of dementia in later podcasts. So I don't want to spend too much time here today discussing it. But what I do want to talk about for our listeners is self care. And as they're going through this journey, as they are in the beginning stages with their person that they love and the person that they're caring for and they're starting their journey, it's really important to begin self-care skills, mm-hmm. right? It really is. So I know that is one of your passions. It is, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Can, can you talk a little bit, like, what is self-care? I know I know it's not Starbucks for most people. <laughs> I always teach that, you know, when it it has become self, such a fad in our society of, you know, I went out to go get my nails done. I'm going to take a picture and post it on Facebook. I'm going to take a picture and post it on Snapchat, whatever it may be. But posting it isn't technically self-care. It's not, you don't have to boast about it. You don't have to show everybody that you did it. It's really setting that intentional side or time for yourself So that way you can pour into other people's cups. You cannot, everyone's heard of this, you can't pour from an empty cup. So when you are practicing self-care, you really need to be making sure that you're, it's intentional. It's intentional for you. It is filling your cup. So I really love taking walks down my long country road. So I'll do that. I'll set aside time for myself. What do you do, Kel? You know, it just depends. There's a lot of different things, but I really like to bake. It's just self-care for me, and it just, I love to create and to be able to share that. And just so everybody knows, it's me who's eating everything she's making. (laughs) (laughs) You have been very supportive with my (laughs) self-care. You're welcome. Did you know that there's different types of self-care? What do you mean? I thought, like, self-care was just self-care. So... Yes, but there are different types. There's physical self-care where you're taking care of your physical fitness and our bodies because that's a major part of self-care. Like walking, running, that kind of thing. Okay, exactly. I've seen a lot of people do it, actually. (laughs) I've heard of running. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's emotional self-care where it's about being in tune with your emotions. It, It involves learning about your triggers, recognizing emotions when they arise and knowing ways to cope with them. Like journaling. Would that be something like that? Yeah, absolutely. And then social self-care, meaning making connections, being with other people, spending time with families and friends, having conversations with people, engaging in activities that you both like. So that's visiting friends, or for me, it's getting together with my sisters and going to lunch or something. Yeah, Yeah, or picking a place to drive to. Yes, adventure, road adventures, we call them. I love those. And then we have intellectual self-care, which means doing something that challenges your mind and grows your knowledge. Kind of like listening to a podcast about aging and dementia called Mm -hmm. Unyoung Heroes. I love that idea. (laughs) It's great (laughs) (laughs) self-care. Absolutely. And then sensory self-care, which involves using your senses to nourish your mind and body to reduce stress. So like listening to music, Mm. lighting a scented candle, 
any type of self-care that really involves those senses. Eating a delicious treat. What's a delici- delicious treat that you would eat, Cal? Chocolate. Yes. Oh, yeah. All things chocolate. Milk How about chocolate you? is my favorite. Yeah, I love milk chocolate. <laughs> I love dark chocolate. Gold <laughs> chocolate. Rube chocolate. Love it all. I love it. And then lastly, spiritual self-care, which means involving and nourishing your soul. It's not just necessarily religion. It's about maintaining an inner peace and finding purpose and meaning in your life. So when you say that one, because that's always tough for people to understand the difference between spiritual and religion. That's probably Mm -hmm. a whole nother podcast. But Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's it's walking in nature. Exactly. And just kind of recentering or being especially being from Michigan Mm -hmm. and being by big bodies of water. It's so soothing to be by one of the Great Lakes or on the shoreline. You know, speaking of spiritual, that word grace is often intertwined, whether it's like a spiritual experience or religious experience, you know, amazing grace, saving Mm -hmm. grace. Mm -hmm. I just want to remind everybody, offer yourself some grace that you're going to make mistakes and there are going to be some stumbles, but there's also going to be a lot of victories. And there's also going to be these amazing chances to do a deeper dive into the life of someone you love. So offer yourself grace and, and make sure that you're kind to yourself. We covered some really great topics today. The difference of dementia versus Alzheimer's disease and what is self-care. So on our next episode, we're going to dive deeper into, so now your loved one has been diagnosed with dementia. Now what? What's next? Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the fun that we're going to be having and the information that we are going to be sharing about how our perception of aging is changing and why. If you would like to learn more, please visit our Facebook page at Unyoung Heroes Podcast, where we are going to be posting the types of self-care and the different activities that you can do. Have any questions or topics that you'd like us to cover? Please email admin at unyoungheroes.com. And if you'd like to learn more about dementia, visit alz.org.